fucking Christ. No, not <laughs> default. Jesus, fuck me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, is everybody, can anybody hear me? Yeah? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear us? Fan? Uh, yes, I absolutely can. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, oh, like, he seems to be having some issues. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Press X, the podcast, where it is episode 13, and it's April 13th, Friday the 13th. Alongside me, I've got Sean Petraschuk. Hello, hello. I'm doing Trevor's lines. Well, that's good, because we don't have Trevor today. We've got Mr. James Paley. Yeah, hello. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. <laughs> One of us. One so, of us. So kind. <laughs> How's it going, dudes? Yeah, it's going well. It's going very, very well, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Like, I'm actually starting to understand my job finally. So I'm, I'm starting to ease into all that. So like now, instead of like when I wrap up the, at the end of the day, going, I'm not sure what I did today or if it was effective. I actually know what I'm doing from the start of the day, right through to the very end. Well, I noticed you started writing your emails in English, which was a nice improvement. <laughs> I thought gibberish worked just fine. I mean, I understood, but I can guarantee that the rest of the industry didn't. That might have something to do with my lackluster numbers. Uh, I'm just glad to uh, still have my job then. All that means is that you need to break into the gibberish market in addition to English. <laughs> See, I like the way you think. See, he's, he already fits in. <laughs> he already knows how to talk shit to me. <laughs> I'm not his boss anymore. He can say whatever the hell he wants, too. I can't even fire him. I, well, I, this is true. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing people pick up on quickly, it's that they should give you shit, Sean. Yeah, this is a sad fact in my life. <laughs> I mean, my own wife busts in on the podcast to yell at me, so... Yeah, that's happened remarkably often, actually. I, I mean, I think at least four times four times by now five times i mean only once where she's been bold enough to take over the mic but uh it's been more than once so after a week off where we stuffed our faces with uh chocolate and uh trevor he didn't pass away but he's he's passed on um to bigger and better things but we'll be back eventually to the cast i don't know where i'm going with this i was gonna i was gonna say this sounded very uh a finite like so he's not dead, but he's not coming back to this fucking show, which isn't true. He's not coming back to episode 13, we'll tell you that much. That's right. <laughs> yeah, when you say passed on, it still sounds like he's dead. I mean, basically, I don't know. <laughs> I realized that as it came out of my mouth, and uh, that that could be misconstrued very wildly. I, um, I would I would straight up call that poor wording. I'll own it. It was. It was bad. Um, that's what a week off will do to you. The, the the Trevor's Dead episode. <laughs> oh, there we go. Episode 13. Trevor's Dead. Trevor's Dead. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> and I'm doing it. Maybe you can't stop me. In parentheses, to us. <laughs> oh. and, then, and then what happens when he comes back and then suddenly Trevor's not dead, nor is he dead to us? Well, I, I don't know. It's a it's a sick burn. I, I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a great bullet point on our, our talking points. And yeah. You know, we'll just address it right out of the gate. So, so, I mean, I think before we go too much further, I do think we need to um, 
uh, clear the air a little bit. Um, I believe, was it the last episode, Paul? It you was. You might be able to refresh my yep. memory here. You know where I'm going with this, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I believe I owe you, Mr. James Paley, an apology. And you're going to gonna say... you now. <laughs> oh, see, okay, I thought you, I was gonna, I thought you were going to go with do you ever. So what that proves to me is that you don't listen to the podcast, so you're fired. <laughs> I royally ripped into you on the last podcast because uh, we were talking about the Atari uh, VCS and you had posted an article pre GDC when they said that they were going to talk about it at GDC and then mm. um, post GDC they had details and those details is what we were talking about and the article that was linked was mm -hmm. the pre-GDC article, at which point I thought it was that the article from that day. <laughs> so at which point I go straight up, I'm like, James Paley needs to learn how to journal. I ripped into you and Paul reminded me later <laughs> that there was about a week and a half or two week uh, discrepancy between uh, dates. <laughs> that it was an old article. So I did apologize to you on air there. But this feels much more genuine to me now that I'm I'm apologizing to you while you can hear me. You know what? That does carry a tiny bit more weight. And I do appreciate the uh, walk back after the uh, uh, shit ripping, so to speak, that took place <laughs> in the last episode. I, I I think like as soon as we're done here, you're going to have to go back and actually listen to this ep the last episode to know what I'm talking about. Because I, I mean, Paul. I mean, you you were there. You lived it. I mean, I didn't really pull any punches, did I? I mean, I I, I you was really kinda, didn't. I was pretty rough. Do you, know, you this... ever pull punches though? Is that, ah, is that on occasion? You do? On occasion. I mean, I don't hit girls. There you go. I guess. I don't know. No, I don't really pull punches. I I kind of I kind of say it like it is. I, isn't that part of my charm, fellas? Uh, yes, yes. Charm is a great word for it. You go with charm. <laughs> okay, charm it is. You know, this is just one of many reasons that Trevor is actually dead to us, uh, since I'm going to blame him and him alone for that link. Yeah, he is the one who posted it. So, I mean, I mean, somebody has to take the blame, and I don't feel like being that guy. Not today. It, it never hurts to throw a guy who's not here under the bus. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the saying under the bus so much more now. Like, people used to refer, you know... <laughs> say that to me all the time, throwing under the bus, and I'm like, bitch, I drive the bus. It's I appreciate the saying so much more now that I don't drive the bus. Well, maybe in that case, when you were driving the bus, it would be like an inner, like, battle among houses, so to speak, where, like, like an in inter-driver war, where if you well, were actually thrown under the bus at this point, it would be because, you know, you, like, had angered some cabal of drivers <laughs> or something you know i have angered a, a, a lot of drivers like uh former co-workers who message me on the regular with message of basically fuck you for getting out <laughs> 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 they realize how much they hate it <laughs> well, i'm sure you're very vocal about how amazing it is to work in your underwear on a regular basis i will have you know that i put pants on over my underwear every day <laughs> I mean, they're comfy pants. I mean, fuck jeans. 
I can confirm that Sean drove the bus in underpants almost every day. It's true. It's true. I'm surprised. I think the only thing that allowed me to keep my job was the fact that I was in a union. You can't fire me. I'm in a union. I'm going to go talk to my rep. Try it. <laughs> the underpants union. Well known yeah. in the uh, circles of unions. That's right. <laughs> so did you guys play any games? I, I've been playing some games. I... Uh, I've gotten, I, I wouldn't say significantly further. Um, my, my time has been limited, but I did spend a lot of my spare time uh, getting in further into Far Cry 5. And uh, it's funny, you know, I really expected like the whole Far Cry is Far Cry. And it, it kind of is. But in the same respect, they have kind of branched off a little bit that there's. It's like they've, they've kind of they, they take they took what they know but they elaborated on it finally. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel the same as previous Far Cries and the whole climb this, liberate that. It feels like there's a little bit more to it. Does that make sense? I know you've played it quite a bit, Paul, so. Oh, yes, I've played it very extensively, having reviewed it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you're totally right. It makes fun of itself and previous games in the in the series right at the beginning. You know, you're climbing a tower and he's going, Yeah, oh, don't worry, you won't have to climb any more of these. Yeah, it's very self-aware. It's very self-aware. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been dropping into Far Cry Five, and then after the announcement that came uh, yesterday, based on what we're recording here, but um, with the new um, back compat games on Xbox One, uh, I threw Red Dead Redemption into my Xbox One X to see it running in 4K. And I mean, I don't want to say it like it, that it would hold up to a current gen game. But it it is close. It looks so good. I I mean I almost wish that I could have just done a side by side right there. It, it, it's so hard when you're watching like a little you know they'll throw those sort of clips up on Twitter or something like that where they'll show the side by side. But unless you're seeing it on your own TV and you really kind of get those differences in front of your face, you never really tell. But it it looks so crisp and it just it just goes to show. I mean the amount of investment. Yeah, maybe you're not going to jump in backward compat to every game, but they, uh, what is it? They also announced for like OG Xbox that they're bringing in like a bunch of Bioware titles. So um, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, I think um, Blinks the Cat. I was like, what? Conquer. The old Battlefront games. Jade Empire. And then they were, they were showing like, again, like I say, that screen with the back to back, like what the Xbox One X does for a game like Jade Empire, and obviously it's not going to look current gen by any stretch, but the boost that it gets is insane. So, I mean, I might not get Jade Empire 2, but I sure as hell am going to play it again on uh, on the Xbox One. What tips me off to the fact that Red Dead Redemption is a few years old is the way John Marston runs. He looks like he's got a poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. He really <laughs> does. And then, like, and it's just those little things. Like, what I did... I climbed a water tower uh, just so I could kind of see what the draw distance was like, try and take that sort of stuff in. Mm. And and I looked out over the field and like every little piece of like uh, brush was the same piece of brush. So mm. there's a lot of very identical oh, tumbleweeds in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, we might not have noticed it before because they were blurry, I guess. But <laughs> um, but yeah, but still, though, I mean, like I say, I mean, I can appreciate just the amount of work that obviously went into it 
I mean, it kind of shows that Red Dead Redemption as it was, was probably same way GTA 5 was at the time, really pushing the limits of those consoles, um, Mm -hmm. of the last gen consoles, and that they really would have benefited from taking that leap into the current gen. So, I mean, again, they were they were hindered by what they were developing on at the time. But what you're seeing, I mean, the update was only it wasn't even a, a, it was a half a gig at best. It was like 580 uh, megs or something like that. Um, so in that 580 megs, they managed to make the game look five times as better. It's crazy. Is that a scientific measurement? Five times? Well, as scientific as I'm going to get. All right, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> any other hot game news sean that, that i've been, been playing, playing that you've been playing um, well apparently even though i've moved into the wonderful world of pr uh, i still get free games which is pretty rad um uh so i haven't actually jumped into it yet but i literally just downloaded yakuza 6 i've never played the yakuza series and everybody is telling me that it's going to blow my mind. So I'm like super, super hyped to kind of get into that because they basically call it like the Japanese GTA. And that sounds pretty rad, if we're being honest. And you're you're a total weeb, James. Like, isn't like Yakuza like way up your alley? Or is that not weeb um, enough? It. I missed the boat on this series, but like you, I've heard many, many things about every entry in the Yakuza series. Apparently they're coming out with one for like Fist of the North Star sometime soon that's going to take the craziness of the yakuza series and crank it up to like i don't know like 11 and a half 12 but is that know? like is is yakuza the type of series that you'd be all about or are you about more like the the visual novels with like tentacle porn type stuff i do have a special place in my heart for visual novels with or without the inclusion of tentacle porn however <laughs> i'm sure if given a chance the yakuza series would be right right up my alley oh i see i should have given the code to you i actually like i actually tried really hard like the codes came in and i tried really hard i claimed one and then one of my co-workers came in and was like ah oh, damn it i missed it and i tried my hardest to give it to him i i sent him the call i'm like you use it you're gonna get way more out of this than me and this is a guy that like i've seen praise yakuza like constantly since i started yakuza zero yakuza this da 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 and it was the epitome of a canadian standoff he refused he's like you claimed it first i'm like but you'll you'll appreciate it more than me nope nope and it was until i finally gave in and claimed the code like he refused to let me give it to him so ryan blanchard you're you're a sweetheart (laughs) the way i describe yakuza uh as somebody who hasn't played that much it's like if gta was um designed in the context of Japanese professional wrestling. Excellent. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Which, I might be more interested in it than I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely wacky. It's pretty famous for its completely insane minigames. Mm. Like, as much as the action itself can get pretty bombastic and pretty out there, um, there, there's a lot of these little weird offshoot experiences that are somehow even crazier your sport things like it's just it's a it's it's just kind of an insane set of diversions that never really stop it's uh pretty cool yeah you take the shackles off of japanese developers and uh the sky is not a high enough limit well i mean and and we've we've seen that with uh i mean (laughs) 
We've seen that with a few uh, well-known developers. I mean, not only do they make crazy games, Paul, I mean, I know you're with me here. Uh, they know how to party, too. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do know how to throw a real shindig. Uh, yeah, we're referring to none other than Mr. Suda51. It's funny. I uh, um, There was an interview, Brian Altano from uh, IGN and various other things was talking about how much he liked uh he he had uh, sat down with Suda for an interview and uh I responded to him this was over Twitter and I said the last thing I remember about the or the last time I saw Suda uh he was feeding me drinks till I was borderline unconscious and I sent the picture of you myself Paul or you Paul myself Trevor and Suda at that party and uh Brian Altano pretty much agreed that that was the best picture of Suda that existed, <laughs> <laughs> which I took as a compliment because I think I think we at that moment brought out the best in Suda. Take That's that true. Home. And That's we right. also got to see uh, the late, great Chester Bennington. So there was that. That's right. Anyway. The inside jokes. Uh, right. James, did you play any games? I, I did play a couple of games. Um, I spent a whole bunch of time with uh, Tower of Time this week mm -hmm. which um i loved a lot um and i didn't expect to what it what is it it's a traditional uh what they call like a crpg like uh, something like the Baldur's gate series or divinity original sin mm. um for the pc where you're you know exploring some crazy dungeon and uh manipulating your party into like succeeding in crazy battles and it all sort of plays out in re real time and then there's this sort of slow motion mechanic that you have to take advantage of in order to not get immediately annihilated by the first set of enemies you encounter it's uh it's quite compelling that's my kind of game i i i miss those it's it's funny in that in that quest to make everything like awesome and amazing and like you know whether it's graphics or or anything else i mean and even with a game like you you quoted uh, divinity for example um, they've added in, in modern games, so many mechanics to make them more difficult, I almost feel like, than they need to be. I mean, there's a reason that it, it, you give me Baldur's Gate, you know, with their updated, like, D&D rules, all that sort of stuff. You bring all that forward, but without adding in extra buttons and extra bullshit, it's still, it still holds up. Like, that style of game still holds up without all the extra, you know all the extra kind of crap that you can, that they shove in. I, I mean, that's a definitely a very personal opinion, but I, I, I've always loved games like that. I wish they made more of them. I mean, there are, there's a small, well, smaller than AAA audience that feels the same way as you do, Sean, for sure. Um, so you do get occasionally games like this that come out, such as Tower of Time, and then I'm like Pillars of Eternity mm. has that very similar feel. I don't know how much of the uh, bullshit you speak of is in that particular game series. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, like, when I picked up um, Divinity, uh, I found it almost overwhelming. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if that... Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that it's because I'm simple-minded, but it was just because I just felt that there was more to it than there needed to be. So there's all this stuff going on, and, I and it, like, it kind of gave me pause because I went, I don't know if I need to do all this. It felt more work than it needed to be. I mean, I just want to take in a good, I, I mean, I literally, I mean, 
I kind of want to I want to wander around. I want to hear a good story. I want to like upgrade my weapons or find better weapons along the way, like just really standard RPG stuff. And sometimes some of the bells and whistles that they throw in, I just find that I mean, obviously, maybe a it's probably an age thing. You know what I mean? Like there's probably a kid who's in his early 20s who's hopping into gaming and he's like, oh, my God, this is everything I wished a game would be. And then you throw Baldur's Gate in front of him and he's going to go, oh, God, like this is awful. Right. Well, I'm 40. So, I mean, Baldur's Gate is great. You know, give me Icewind Dale or whatever, like any of those games from that era. And and I look at the new ones and I'm like, what's with all the buttons? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> maybe the old I'm reflexes aren't what the they used to be. Yeah. Well, I, can, I mean, I can almost picture you shaking your cane when you say that. What's with all the buttons? Fuck off. This is like when I. <laughs> When I was a kid, I had a joystick and one button, <laughs> which is true, which is true, but it's not. I can adapt, assholes. <laughs> so you're re- you're reviewing that one, right, James? Uh, yes, yes. It should be up and ready to rock and roll by the time this episode airs, and I will have very good things to say about it. Yes, nice, fabulous. Looking forward to it. Mm, yeah. Did you play anything else? Uh, I mean, realistically, not really. No, he climbed the he climbed the Tower of Time, and he kept climbing. So, yeah. so Paul, I know you obviously played some games, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to let you talk about those games. I feel like Kanye right now. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but... <laughs> Beyonce but, was the best game of all time. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I know that you didn't cover it, but something tells me that uh, you might have looked at uh, the editing on this. And I know that uh, the embargo will be up when this podcast goes live. I'm assuming that God of War is basically all kinds of amazing. Please confirm. Uh, you're right. I did look at it. And I can confirm that it is all kinds of amazing. Uh, nice. Patrick reviewed it for us. He's given it a 95. Ooh. That's a good score. 95 it's funny. In fact, well, gonna... going so far as to say that this is the best in the God of War series. You know, <sighs> okay, I don't want Big words. Really yeah. big words. Well, no, no, no. Here, here, here's the thing. I mean, and you guys might be able to back me up on this. Uh, Paul, we've spoken before on the idea of media hive mind. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And do you notice, I mean, maybe this is something that I've picked up on, but do you notice whenever um, um, a game or, or say there's a series that has a bit of a reputation, right? A, like a vaunted reputation where people are like, this is a great series, right? I would say more often than not, more often than not, when a new game comes out in that series that happens to be good, that the general consensus is always almost unanimously across the board. This one is the best in the series, you know? And it's just like, is it because it's just shinier and new or is it really the best? Not, not that I'm questioning Patrick on this one. I just, it's just something I've always wondered because sometimes we just forget how amazing those first experiences were because we have shiny and new right in front of our faces. You know what I think part of it is, is that when the new iteration in a series comes out, if you went back and you played the very first one, mechanically, it's not modern. Um, So if you were going to compare apples to apples, like they had both come out the same year, 
obviously the newer one would be better. It's more mechanically refined. It's got, you know, better animation and better graphics and probably the story's better written. Um, but is that... But you can't look at it that way. you got to look back. Like, what was the impact at the time that it came out? Yeah, so... I was going to say, like, is that really apples to apples? Because, I mean, I would say apples to apples is the response from the first one, we'll say, or the second one, versus the response to the new one. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. Hmm. Well, I mean, to that end, it's I seem to remember that more or less every God of War game, when it came out, had a very similar response. Like, oh, hey, turns out this one is the new hotness. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's what I'm speaking to, you know, is this that, I mean, again, I don't want to, uh, I'm not speaking against the game because I'm like super, super pumped for it, but I know that there are a lot of people who are cynical about the direction it's taken. They're like, oh, look, Sony is doing the Sony thing and they've turned it into another, you know, uh, um, another standard Sony game. So, you know, whether that's an Uncharted, whether that's mm-hmm. a Last of Us, you know what I mean? But that that sort of vibe um i'm not against that because i'm all about a really good narrative um i'm like super pumped about the idea of uh the the son's name is is atreus i think i want to make sure i'm pronouncing it right but i don't i don't really care um that's right yeah but i mean you know like i I love the idea because that changes the dynamic of the way that we look at kratos you know what i mean like no more is he this badass that gives a shit about nothing you know what i mean but revenge and now he has this being that he cares for deeply like it really changes the dynamic of the series and a lot of people right from the start have spoken out against that going no this goes against the grain of everything that that we expect from god of war and i've kind of hoped from the beginning that that um that basically all the naysayers get shut the hell up that it's like like absolutely amazing yeah but like kratos back in the day Yes, mechanically, the God of War games were incredible and, like, literally changed the game in some cases, but Kratos was kind of a fucking cartoon character by comparison. Like, the, the Kratos of then and this guy that we're going to meet this week or whatever, um, they're totally different individuals. Just, yeah, I mean, and I think it's a, that's actually a really neat point. Like, um, do you think that... Is that because um, the way that stories have been told in video games has has started to i feel like it started to grow up with the medium a little bit so rather than having this over the top character uh ultra violence type thing because a lot of people are complaining oh the violence isn't the same level well whatever is it i don't know i question that having seen some of the video it's pretty (laughs) gruesome well okay but the thing is too though i mean in compare like speaking to uh kratos himself um it's making that character more, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, a god in a sense, but it's making him more human, more relatable. You know what I mean? Like, he's not an untouchable. He's a person that has feelings and, and wrestles with emotions rather than this bloodthirsty, you know, uh, character that doesn't care about anything. You know you know what I mean? Like, yeah. humanizes him in a sense. Well, if they'd gone the other way and kept it the same and you know, made another God of War games, those exact same people would be shitting all over it for not taking a risk. Oh, yeah. Don't even I'd, get me started about I'd how, like... way more applaud them for taking a risk and, yeah. and changing it up. Yeah, and, like, you know, as I say, like, don't get me started on the people that, like, you're going to complain if it goes one way and you're going to complain if it goes the other way. You're never fucking happy, so just shut up. <laughs> Here comes Salty Sean. No, no, yeah. I... I was just going to say, I'm like, this is not going to be an angry podcast. Not like last time. I'm in a much better mood. 
I'm I'm glad to hear it. So yeah, I'm not gonna another beer not... for the record. Like, oh boy, this is what this is my happy juice right here. I gotta so start. I gotta start pimping out the beer that I drink. Maybe they'll start sending it to us. We could hope. I'm just saying, Parallel Forty Nine, based out of beautiful Vancouver, BC, makes a great brew. <laughs> beautiful, gorgeous Vancouver, British Columbia, with mm-hmm. delicious, fresh, ice cold beer from Parallel wow. Forty Nine. Oh my God! But that sexy voice too, like, my God! Like, uh, I mean, you can hear the sponsorship dollars raining from the sky. I can actually visualize the beads of water on the outside of a cold <laughs> bottle, just like dripping down in the sunlight. That's what I'm picturing right now. I was like, that's at least worth, like what you just said is worth at least two to three cases of beer a week. Right? Mm. <laughs> like one for each right. of us. One for yeah, each of us. At least. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to send them this podcast and be like, listen to this shit. Don't send them the rest of the cast. Your beer. Do not send them the whole cast. Just send them that clip. That That's snippet? all they need to hear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> only appeal to their target demographic, and uh, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. So we've probably been recording for 30 minutes, and we still don't know what games you've played, Paul. Well, yeah. I, Despite having reviewed it and played it you know, for uh, several dozen hours... Uh, I played more Far Cry 5, because it is very fun, and haters gonna hate. Um, I think the hive mind had decided that the story wasn't good and it wasn't well written, which is not the case. Um, Very good. You should Eh. play it. And Eh, guess what? what? People out there are uh, buying it like gangbusters. It is selling like an MF-er. Yeah, there you go. That's a good, that's like a really good tie-in to that that piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it doubled Far Cry 4 sales in like a week. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, is is that is that because there's more gamers than ever? Or is that just because it's just that much better? I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the environment. Far Cry 4 was awesome, but it was a little bit barren. I think there's way more stuff to do in Montana. It's a lot more familiar for the North American audience. Mm. A lot of people can say, oh, yeah, I've been to the Rockies. This looks exactly like the Rocky Mountains. Do you think um, some of the uh, uh, pre-release controversy tied into it in any way? Like people were just curious? I I mean, probably it, it spiked the interest. Um, when you're actually playing the game, a lot of that isn't front of mind, you know? Yeah. yeah bad guys are bad of, guys. You're going to shoot them. Yeah, it's kind of funny that like with all that buildup, I've seen a few articles that spoke to the fact like this was Ubisoft's chance to, you know, really make this political statement. And then it's somewhat, I would say, muted in the game. And I'm not upset about that because, I mean, I didn't expect it to be and I would never expect it to be uh, a a really true to life political commentary. It just kind of hints on some things that are that happen to be in the news currently. You know what I mean? I mean, it does what good storytelling does. It gives you something to go off of, and then you make up your own mind. It throws a few things at you, but it's not prescriptive. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing I kind of find that, like, neat in regards to that was... I'm not going to say that... uh, 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 Was it Joseph Joseph Seed? Uh, I'm not going to say that he is a likable character, because he's not. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. in the same respect, 
it's 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 amazing how you can look at him and see him as uh, I mean I don't know I'm trying to choose my words carefully but uh, he's a sympathetic he, character. Yeah, and you can see him as human and just with real with real human flaws. And that's something that I don't know if I've ever gotten that out of um, a Far Cry villain in a while. Like, I didn't feel that way with Voss. Voss was just a dick, like, straight through and through. Like, he's the villain. Mm -hmm. And Peg and Min, same thing. I mean, um, I didn't really feel like a human connection. Where with this guy, I go, like, he's just just a dude that kind of doesn't have his head screwed on quite straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people didn't bother playing through the whole game. Uh, before writing a review to hit that embargo, mm-hmm. um, but that I never mean, happens. Come no. on, but, I mean it goes some places, and yeah, and the ending is—it's uh, not what I expected. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we also obviously we don't want to. We're still so early into the release on that one. We don't want to mm-hmm. spoil that. But no, nope. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad to see that it's doing well. Um, I think we've spoken about this before on the cast, but I mean, when it comes to the big guys, like the big guns in publishing, Ubisoft has to be my favorite right now. I mean, I just, I feel like they've just really gotten the idea of like how to succeed in today's market, but without taking advantage of their consumers. They treat us with respect. They realize we pay money for these games and what they're delivering is pretty good. They're like, they're good games. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everyone might fall into your wheelhouse, but they're genuinely good games with like some pretty unique experiences in them. Yeah, pretty solid top to bottom. Um, yeah, you see that. that they uh, keep it up. Well, you see that Sam Fisher is uh, is joining in uh, to Ghost Recon. He, uh, I, I don't know what the details are, but Sam Fisher is is doing a crossover into Ghost Recon Wildlands, which makes me. Happy voiced by Michael Ironside, of course. So I can't wait to kind of see what that's all about. One true Sam Fisher. Well, he says he never left. Like he's he's being rather insistent. He's like, I never left. Dun dun dun. So Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. All about it. Yeah. Outside of that, I played some XCOM two, which I'd skipped over when it first came out because I heard people griping about. Uh, the random number generator and some of the uh, some of the mechanics and I was enjoying it quite a bit I would say and but people are right uh, if you've got less than an 80% chance to hit you might as well have zero <laughs> good old RN Jesus and and fuck that <laughs> um, so I mean okay so but if you were interested in XCOM have you seen, or did you see, you might have seen the initial reveal trailer for Funcom's, um, well, fuck, it's, it's like this long, there was actually an article on, I think it was Waypoint, about uh, games that give themselves, the, that are like, they just have ridiculous titles that are way too over the top, um, and Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden was the target, <laughs> which seems oh. fair, which seems okay. fair, because that, that name is a bit over the top. You might have seen the reveal trailer, but did you happen to see any of the gameplay for that one? Paul? I did. I did. Uh, that's it's the an one XCOM that's got game. the duck, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The the duck and the pig. Yeah. Um, looks... And the chick who's got like the scale, like she can go from like human to like scaly and shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one yeah. looks pretty much right up my alley. Um, yeah. 
I more lean towards the turn-based ones that don't have that random number generator aspect to them. Um, mm. I'd, I'd rather outsmart my opponents, have the opponents be smarter, because uh, they're pretty dumb in XCOM. It's just a lot of it is luck, which yeah. is frustrating. Um, I more prefer I a game like... I hate losing a game to luck. I hate losing a game to luck. Yeah, that's, not, that's not right. I've definitely seen at least a few screenshots from the XCOM series of people who have a gun pointed literally, like, into the head of their opponent. Like, it's so close, it's, like, clipping into the character model. <laughs> and it's, like, chance to hit 65%. You're like, that doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't seem right. You're like, bitch, that is a headshot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, like, wearing the dude's face as a silencer. And you're like, oh, well, I mean, it might <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you click fire, and and your your character points directly straight into the sky, and and just completely whiffs. <laughs> Ridiculous. You just picture like like this meme after that, where like the, the your your character just turns to the camera and does the shrug and like eyebrows up, like how did I do that? You know. <laughs> exactly like it's like it's like some cheesy like tv like uh like comedy sitcom like cut to commercial ending (laughs) (laughs) you just expect so much better you would (laughs) well i didn't get it that like percentage to hit stuff made a lot more sense the further back you go in the xcom series Right? Like, am I am I totally off base here? Well, like... I mean, I would say that not even the XCOM series, but um, any sort of of game uh, back in the day that relied on that, like on your technically on your roll of the dice. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of these things are based off of old school D and D rules and everything else. It's it's literally a roll of the dice, and what do you roll? And that you know that indicates what you're going to do. So. The thing is, is like as the the visuals and everything else comes up to par, I mean, like you say, you know, you're going to show this this scene where your character literally has, you know, a straight to center of the forehead of their opponent shot, but they still are abiding by these rules, which are good rules, but it just it, it's not it's like they don't shake hands well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, like yeah. I yeah. think XCOM 2 regressed in that because Enemy Unknown, Enemy Within, um, which was the previous one and expansion, I, I thought it was way more believable. Um, not just the percentages that it was throwing up on the screen, but if you had a 50% chance to hit, you could kind of take that as a coin flip. Like, maybe I'll hit, maybe I'll miss, and that's okay. Mm. In XCOM 2, you have 50%, you're not going to hit. It's it, it, I would be lying if I said I could remember a time that that had happened over the course of several hours of playing. Yeah, and that's got to be discouraging, I mean, for anybody actually trying to play through the game. I mean, oh, I, there comes oh. a point where you go like, you know, fine, fuck this. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to anymore, right? Yeah, I, I ended up alt f 4 it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the end. We didn't go back to XCOM 2. <laughs> Did you play anything else after that then? You're like, fuck this game. Yeah, nothing worth talking about. Nothing. Yeah, I know that feeling. I touched into so many games on an average week where it's like a couple minutes in and I'm like, not worth it. And I cut out. Yep. Why don't we uh, talk about the news? 
The news, the news. Oh, the, I got to oh, draw all of Trevor's lines. The yeah. news, the news, the news. <laughs> You're really doing well. Um, well, you yeah. haven't. You you keep promising us. You keep promising us that you're going to do outtakes and sound bites, but we don't have them yet, Paul. We have no the news, the news, the news. Um, no. Granted, no. we haven't gotten much for emails, but we don't have, and I quote, the email, the email, what, what, the email. We don't have that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you promised us, and this is this is the one that, like, if you're going to follow through on any of them, you have to follow through on, you're a cop. Sucker, that's what you are. That one needs to happen. <laughs> Please, just just make that one, and we could just throw it in at random. I'll I'll try real hard. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I'm just gonna drop it into to a cast somewhere unexpectedly. Um, one of these. Oh, weeks. I have this feeling that because I called you out, that just before I started talking two minutes ago, there's gonna be. You're a cocksucker. That's what you are, <laughs> and I deserve it. <laughs> The way to do it is to make sure that you don't see it coming and you don't feel like you're, you're oh man answered. Did you did did you did you hear that episode though, James? Be honest. I might have. I've tried to listen to as many as I can, but and this oh, you is know, important. You would know if you heard this. We were doing our, our, our perfect list and, and and Trevor had a pick in his mind and he was just Paul started and and Trevor just knew he just had he's like I have this feeling Paul's gonna pick what I'm gonna pick and and I've, I've got this one like in in the wings and Paul said it and Trevor just lost it <laughs> and it was he went bananas it was gold though like <laughs> that that might have been our finest moment Paul <laughs> it was it's all uh it's all uphill from there um we're gonna go with that. <laughs> Because we want to go up. We want to be... Uh, That's right. We're always climbing. <laughs> so anyways, Spider-Man's coming out on September 7th. Yes! Oh, yeah. I couldn't be more pumped. It looks mm. fucking awesome. It feels like it's been so long, so much time, where we've just been like, it's coming eventually. And now to actually have a release date is... So nice. Yeah, it, it's funny. We've kind of come to this expectation of like a lot of these big games that we see either revealed or talked about at E3. It's like, yeah, we're not going to see this in like six months or a year from now. It's two years. And it's true. I mean, we've been waiting for Spider-Man for a long time. Uh, I did see it at E3 last year and got like the solid playthrough of like, you know, um, how Spider-Man interacts in that world um how they stay true to spider-man's no kill uh motto that sort of thing and how they all put it together and it just even then i mean so we're talking about almost an entire year ago from now it looked amazing so i can only imagine what it's looking like now i mean i'm so excited for that game yeah i feel like it's been too long since they had a really rock solid spider-man title well well, Spider-Man, I, th- I thought you might have gone with Superhero, and I was going to say Rock Steady, but, you know. I mean, come on, don't, don't, don't tease me. Like that. <laughs> Still, yes, too long since they've a really good Spider-Man title. <laughs> well, I'm trying to... What was the last truly great, truly great... Was it Web of Shadows was pretty fucking good? I mean, but it's been a while. It's been a mm-hmm. long time since Spider-Man's actually had something that we actually want to play. You guys worried about the quick time events? Not at all. 
Nope. I feel like they're not in vogue anymore, and so they won't be... We won't, we won't be, like, festooned with them as soon as we, like, turn on the game. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I mean, I actually took some time. I actually asked the developers about that specifically. And, like, they basically said, they're like, look, we're, we're not using these things constantly. We're using them in very specific situations at very specific moments. Um, we kind of know that the attitude that, that people have towards QuickTime. I've never, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't hate them as much as everybody else, I guess, because I kind of... I just find, to me, it's just another game mechanic, you know? And so what, I hit a fail state and I have to do it a couple times. Like, to me, that I, I it doesn't bother me. But the way that they've incorporated is actually, I mean, unless they've changed it, um, is actually pretty ingenious, is that, like, you might miss certain things. So basically what's going to happen is your cinematic at that moment might change. But in the like, it's not like it's a one and done. You still have a chance to to make your way through the scenario you know and i mean when you're talking about these giant set pieces or this is falling oh latch on to this or swing to that i mean it kind of is fitting for those types of scenarios so mm -hmm. i don't know it doesn't bother me i don't get why people hate them as much as they do i don't i think because they were so prevalent for a while it left kind of a bitter taste in people's mouths collectively and so every time we see them, basically from now on, for at least a little while into the future, we're going to have that same instinctive negative reaction to the presence of QuickTime events because they were such a like a low-hanging fruit, so to speak, for game developers to like throw in to artificially inflate the excitement level or tension of a of a particular scene. And, and I, mean, I think that's actually a pretty fair assessment in the in 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 a sense that because it's reliant on a button push from you as the player that there is there, it, there's a heightened sense of of tension right but you look at like even the last uh the last batman series from telltale or like any telltale game for example like they're that's kind of what they rely on and nobody bitches about that is it because of the dynamic of that style of game you're like you're telling us a story and this is just kind of some added gameplay mechanic onto our you know decision making because that's kind of what those games are about uh so like it gets a pass but whereas Spider-Man, people are going, oh, well, this is a game. This is an action game. I want to punch. I want to kick. I want to I want to web sling. I don't want to just react to a, a button push on a screen. Well, I mean, with Telltale, it's the quick time is the only action you really see. And for another thing, it's the sort of action that you can easily incorporate into the flow of the story, like from a developer's point of view, whereas mm. because otherwise you'd probably have to throw in a whole separate complex set of mechanics that would inevitably, if they were successful, eventually end up taking focus away from the narrative. Mm -hmm. So quick yeah. time for a Telltale game is actually successful in that it's uh, more unintrusive than like a proper uh, action mechanic. Also, yeah. that, that engine is rickety as hell and it could not sustain other mechanics. So there's that. They really do need to update it. I mean, uh, there were some interesting articles probably about two or three weeks ago now about um, the the culture at that studio of of pumping out games at Telltale. And uh, um, I mean, I love that studio and I love the games that they make, but it was definitely disappointing uh, to hear about. It's just the overall grind and the attitude where 
the original studio, the guys who were originally there making these games, that disconnect, once they kind of got big, they started taking on bigger properties. I mean, The Walking Dead opened up this whole new world for them, and they've, I mean, they're known for making these great narrative experiences, but just that disconnect between people who are passionate about making games and people who are passionate about making money. Um, mm. And I mean, granted, I mean, everybody wants to get paid. You know, I, I do have an issue a lot of the time when people talk about, you know, X studio selling out. And it's just like, because we can't all survive on ramen noodle for the rest of our fucking lives. I mean, <laughs> you know, give these guys a bit of a break. Yeah, they sold out. You know what I mean? But but again, like I say, I mean, this industry is already known as being cutthroat. You know, especially when it comes to, you know, what they call crunch time. You know, you're in you're in crunch. It's a month till release and you're working 16 hour days. I, I mean, it, it it's not anything that should be glorified. You, you, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of hearing about the culture at Telltale, it, it kind of really disappointed me because, I mean, I'd always up until that point thought that they were a little bit of a, a, a tighter studio than that. But uh, it, it's an interesting read. I would encourage anybody... Uh, to go and Google that. Um, I believe it was Waypoint uh, who might have published the article initially. I know that there was kind of a follow-up on COG, but just, uh, yeah, Telltale Studios sort of uh, development culture. It's a really, really interesting uh, look on the inside of the industry for anybody who's actually curious about it. Speaking of disappointment, Cliffy B's boss key is abandoning lawbreakers to cash in on that battle royale hype. Uh. Uh, with radical man, heights. Okay. The day before, because they literally announced it and they're like, and it comes out tomorrow. And I looked at it and I mean, okay, they're fully owning the fact that this shit is early access, but like this shit is like alpha level early act. It is, it's fucking garbage. It looks horrible. You I, can, yeah. No, but here, here, here's the thing. I am not a conspiracy theorist usually, okay? Usually. I'm Go I, I on. Well, uh -huh. no, here no, here's the thing. You know, I see a lot of what I would call your B level websites and media looking at the game. I mean, it's got a 36%, I think it was, rating on Steam. Like people are going like, look, we get that this is free and we get that this is early. But this is bullshit. You were trying to capitalize on something that somebody else already did better than you. You know what I mean? Um, most B-level like sites that really don't have anything on the line, you know, they don't have any sort of shareholder money, you know, everything else are like, this game is bullshit. This game shouldn't have been released. This is a cash cow. This is something that is capitalizing on what's popular and basically doing everything we hate about games, which is taking advantage of a consumer who's ready to open their wallet. But then IGN and Polygon, um, I think, I'm trying to think, I think it was, I think GameSpot as well. They're all like, why, uh, why Radical Heights is better than you think type articles. And I'm like, could you guys be any more obvious that you're just shoveling shit for cash? Mm. Uh, Dr. Disrespect uh. is all over fucking Twitter. I mean, and he, I mean, apart from Ninja, who is like the numero uno in streaming right now, because he's all up on Drake's dick, is... <laughs> the third beer's kicking in, boys. <laughs> God. No, but that's the thing, though, is it's like, you know, the second highest rated or most popular streamer who is making a living off of PUBG and now Fortnite is got basically what boils down to commercials. Because you can 
you can tell he's not actually playing. There were there was this thing with this was about like three months ago, I think, with Snoop playing. I'm pretty sure it was Fortnite. It might I'm pretty sure it was Fortnite. It might have been PUBG. But anyway, it it was basically it showed Snoop playing the game, but then when you watched it, you could tell he wasn't actually playing. It was just him giving voiceover to a bunch of shit that was happening on the screen. Cause I mean, he could not have possibly been actually playing because he had a joint in his mouth and he kept like smoking it. Like he had his hands up and he's it's like, you're not actually doing this. You're smoking weed, dude. You know, and and the same thing. You can tell that Dr. Disrespect isn't actually playing this game, but he's talking about how amazing it is. So you know that he is flogging it off because he's well known and they just gave you a paycheck. Right. Mm-hmm. It just it really bothers me. I mean, these are sites that people and I, and I mean, I don't know. It's not like I'm trying to direct people to go like, look, go to better sites. I, I don't want to be that guy because I work with these people and a lot of they're great. I mean, a lot of the people that I'm working with are really great. It just feels very insincere when a visibly inferior product like Radical Heights, which is a piece of shit right now, has articles from these giant sites that are trying to build it up to be something it's not. And multiple well, sites. Yeah, multiple it's not. Sites it's, is the thing. it's a lot of sites that are like, it's great. It's like there. I saw an article like what Radical Heights is doing better than PUBG and Fortnite. I'm like, the answer to that question is nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's not doing anything better yet. And I don't even like that kind of game. Okay, but it's so little... two points. Two points. I just want to break in here with a couple of points. One, I did see a larger publication give a sort of resounding meh about the game when it, uh, just like today or yesterday. Was it PC Gamer? It was Kotaku, actually. Uh, yeah, that said they sounds had a, like Kotaku. A play session with it and they came away not especially impressed, which is in line with the regular uh, user appraisal. And B, it doesn't really matter how many huge publications decide to lavish this game with uh, false praise, so to speak. Uh, the numbers will play out, and it's kind of looking, based on you know the early reviews, like this one and Lawbreakers might share a super similar fate. I don't know. Too early to tell. However, possibly, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, as much as, you know, you've got all this media voice uh, behind what you're doing, whether that's paid or not, I mean, ultimately, the user uh, reviews, in a sense, are what gonna be, is what's going to be the, the nail in the coffin for any game. And I mean, it's funny, as much as, you know, and this is something I'm learning, especially in PR, is this is like, as much as you're trying to um, bring exposure around for a game, you cannot, you can only shine up a turd so much, you know what I mean? And eventually, people are going to go, okay, well, we played this game that you talked up so much, and they're going to go, mm, yeah, we disagree, it's actually kind of a piece of shit, and, me, and that's fine, you know what I mean? I mean, the PR game is trying, is, is trying to get you interested, and then we leave it up to your hands, you get it in your hands, and you go, mm, you know what, it's not quite what we'd hoped for, or, or whatever else. And, and that's fine. My issue is, is when you have what I would consider to be trusted media. When I have friends, for example, who knew that I owned my own website and I was passionate about it. I've got a team of passionate writers, you know, and I would say, hey, did you see the review on our site? And they're like, no, I went to IGN. I'd be like, first, fuck you, you're a bad friend. And second, 
when you have stuff like this that seems so obviously insincere, it just makes it hard to swallow for, like I say, like for anybody who has that view of this industry. It, like for me, that bothers me. That tactic really makes me upset. You know who's not on the take is Kaz Hirai CEO on Twitter, <laughs> who writes, Radical Heights isn't Cliffy B's first Battle Royale game. Lawbreakers started with 100 players online and very quickly only had one left. Oh, God, I hope they keep this account going. <laughs> Savage. So good. It's, one, it's literally one of the best accounts on Twitter. I mean, we all know it's a, it, 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 it's a parody account, but, like, I mean... I really want to I really want to shake hands with a guy behind this account. I really do because when he chooses to tweet, like it's pretty significant. Like dude spits fire. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's <laughs> so good. And I mean in this case it's about as on point as ever, is it not? It is. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, <laughs> he's definitely definitely spoken the truth at this point in the game. Oh my god, it's just it's just so good. <laughs> Well, let's I really do- appreciate it when people will like retweet or quote this account, assuming it's like the actual CEO, and then somebody else will like kindly, politely point out, <laughs> "Um, you know, this is a parody account, right?" Yeah, <laughs> I believe if you were to probably break down uh, tweets and retweets from that account, that like an alarming number of them, if not the majority, would be that exact answer. You know, this is a parody account, right? And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, Here, here's... I thought that was kind of bold for Sony. <laughs> here's a thought. What if Kaz Hirai actually runs this account? Oh my God, don't make me laugh. That just... <laughs> that <laughs> thought, that thought. I mean, when you think about it, in a sense, if you, when you think about it, if they actually did and then pretended like it's a parody account, that's got to be one of the most brilliant pieces of marketing we've come across in a long time because they get to claim innocence because it's a it's an anonymously run account yet they can rip into their competitors like nobody's business i think kaz has his own account too well but, hey you know, man maybe, i know what maybe... i know how to use tweet deck i can switch between yeah, two exactly. accounts at he's, the same when time he's got a spit hot fire he he just goes on to <laughs> ex ceo kaz hirai <laughs> I want this so bad to be true right now. Like, I want to know that there's cats in a boardroom going like, fuck these guys, they're going to tell them what's what. Kaz <laughs> knows best. Yes! Yeah, maybe, that's know... why he's, maybe that's why he's actually uh, moving on. He just wants to devote himself to being uh, a, an asshole on Twitter full time. Wants to claim the account, yeah. <laughs> it's really me, bitches! <laughs> It was me all along. Oh my god, that'd be so good. And then, and then after he claims the account for himself, suddenly the quality of the burns just plummets because no. the imposter has been pushed out. And now we have to deal with actual cast cry, and he just can't measure up to his like doppelganger. Oh, but the doppelganger ganger is just savage as shit. Like savage AF. Like no joke. This is this isn't the first time, you know what I mean, where people have kind of been able to stand back and go, yeah, that's this one was so fucking good that Cliffy actually quoted it and went, yeah, you got me on this one. <laughs> Damn, Cliffy fully owned it and was like, yep, you win, you win this round, you fucking got me. Like it's that funny. 
Uh, well, let's dip into a one last news topic. There are some other things going on, but there's one that I think we really need to cover. And that is the fact that teabagging is bad, but only when you do it to a lady. Sean, I know you have thoughts about this. All right. Well, okay. Here's here's the thing. Um, the person that this happened to, uh, and her hey. significant other, uh, hey. I know, and I know them well enough to know that I really like them. Um, the way that this story, uh, they were vocal about it being basically um, a poor move. So to to put this in perspective for people who are ultimately going, okay, you're talking about teabagging, but what? Um, Amanda Farrow is a journalist. Um, uh, she's actually from Vancouver. Uh, she lives in New Jersey now, but she's from Vancouver. Uh, she was demoing a game at PAX East. She was, I would say, honorable enough to not disclose the developer or anything of that nature. But what happened is that she's playing through the demo and she got team killed by somebody, obviously on her team. And then that person proceeded to teabag her. And we all know what that means. And she kind of her response was, this is why I don't play these games. Thanks for the demo. You know, she she was quite insulted. Um, I think in this in the environment that we're dealing with now in this industry, you do have to be careful about that sort of thing. You know, um, especially when you look at the idea that there's a lot of female journalists um, who are trying really, really hard to kind of get their foot in this industry. And uh, it's not necessarily a forgiving industry, I think. I mean, for the longest time, we've been uh, um, fairly, I don't want to say male dominated so much as like male attitude dominated. Anyway, she walks away from this. I mean, apparently the dev... Uh, they thought it was a buddy of theirs, not the journo. And, uh, you know, in the end, they weren't overly apologetic and she was offended. You know, it is, it is what it is. She, she was offended by this. And, and, and I think maybe fair, but only because here's the thing. You're demoing to a journalist. You've got a game that nobody else knows. And you're demoing to somebody who's going to go out there and talk about your game. If you want, like, in terms of professionalism, that was a bad, bad move. Like, that was just a dumb thing to do. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, for me, I've played plenty of games with buddies. You know what I'm talking like? We're, we're in a closed private group playing a four on four or something like that. And we're all joking about it. You know, that's one thing. But this is somebody who's out there doing their job professionally. And that is pretty much seen as a very derogatory insult. Like, you know, I'm dropping my nuts in your mouth. Ah, maybe a bad decision for a professional so to I make. I know exactly why this happened. Like, this happened at PAX East. And yep. anybody who's been to a PAX or an E3 or any convention like that, you know that these devs were there for 12 hours that day demoing this game, doing the same thing over and over and over again. So one, they're tired. Two, they're bored as hell. They don't want to play the game anymore, even though they made it. So what are they going to do? They're going to try to spice it up a little bit. Was this a bad idea? Probably, but I mean, I I think it's an honest mistake. And well, here here's the thing. Here, and I mean, and here's the way that I look at this. Um, I mean, James, I don't know if you've opened up this article that we linked in here. I, um, I have, yes. Yeah. Here's the thing. 
this article, um, you should probably make sure that you link this mm -hmm. over on the Press X page because yeah. I want people to read this because this article is kind of bullshit. This guy, Jasper Hamill, whoever the fuck he is, is a shitty fucking journalist. And I'm going to call him out on that. I mean, I will actually, I, I actually, I'm going to send him this clip. I'm going to start it from exactly here and tell him that he is a shitty fucking journalist because the way that he wrote this article is so fucking inflammatory and bullshit. You know what I mean? The heading for this article, man, team killed and virtually teabagged female journalists during shocking in-game rampage. Is this fucking like National Enquirer or Inside Edition or whatever the fuck? Like, no. Okay, even Amanda, who this, this is the woman who was affected by this, okay? She did... Yeah, she talked about it on Twitter, but she's basically saying she even came out after and said, like, granted, after that, he said he thought that I was his dev buddy. And holy shit, that was a mistake. He, she's basically saying, like, look, I get that it was a mistake. You guys probably could have handled it a little better. And this guy, this article specifically managed to take it like way over and above that and actually got to the point where he said, you know, this guy's job is probably on the line. No, it's not. <laughs> like, like no. I mean, let's not let's not amplify it to something that it that it just isn't. You know, she thought it was unprofessional and appropriately so. She said something. She didn't out the company or anything like that. You know. And this guy, obviously, like he basically, I mean, whoever this journalist is, he saw the Twitter feed. He follows her. She. He probably follows Mike Footer, who is her her uh, boyfriend. And kind of saw the the hubbub about it and managed to put it together in just the right way to make it a sensational news story, which is kind of bullshit. Okay, um, not to too rudely interject, but if we're wondering what kind of a journalist would do such a thing, when you click on this article, you can see like a list of the other headlines and just quickly perusing through some of the other things these guys like published feels like this guy's kind of just towing the metro uk line yeah this is metro this is metro at its fucking finest it's it's yeah. a slag magazine it's it's bullshit oh, good god is it ever yeah um but that's the yes. thing though this guy probably okay so he wrote this knowing he writes for a fucking garbage website or garbage publication so yeah maybe I mean, I don't know. These are things that I, I like at, at the end of the day, I kind of have a problem with. It's probably what pays his bills. But in the same respect, like, do you ever go to sleep realizing that you're a garbage human writing garbage bullshit? Probably. I guess it. I mean, I guess if they pay you enough, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're all journalists here. I mean, maybe me formerly, but we've all written articles. And I mean, there's. You know, we know what it's like to try and chase traffic, try and chase a hit, right? But at what point does it become disingenuine sometimes? And I mean, there were times I was writing things where I went, no, I don't want my name on this. This isn't something that I would be proud to write. You know what I mean? And this just seems so sen so sensational and so over the top that he took a situation that was a not good situation, but turned it into this like, you know, like he might as well have been like, you know, he, he, he could have literally written the story where, like, you know, uh, male dev hovers his dick over female journalist's mouth. Like, um, no, he didn't actually do that. <laughs> but, I mean, 
you might as well have put it in there. Like, he, he inflates it to more than it really needs to be. I mean, calling it a shocking in-game rampage is inflammatory enough. <laughs> rampage! Like, oh, Take that, female journos! Nuts in your mouth, bitches! Like, yeah, it's so over the top. <laughs> a rampage is what you were on on the last episode of this podcast, Sean. That's the definition of rampage. talking about people complaining about Sea of Thieves? Fuck those oh, people. Oh, yeah. It's okay not to like it. It's a, It's just not okay to like act like you're put out because you spent 30 cents or got a free fucking membership to Game Pass. Let's, Shut up. Let's not go there again. Let's just talk about oh, the releases. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. I already said my piece last week. <laughs> so let's talk releases. <gasps> okay. Uh, yeah. Last week, it was thin. Yeah. Like, real thin. Yeah, um, we're at that time of year. Yeah, with uh, God of War coming next week, uh, people were, looks like they might have been running scared a little bit. And last week, the only two things of note that I could dig up, Penny Punching Princess and Minute. Didn't, didn't Adventure Pals come out last week? I'm not 100% sure. But regardless, uh, if you haven't played it, I think I spoke about it on the last podcast. Uh, If you haven't played it, it's absolutely fucking magical, so please do. I'm not sure what the actual release date was. I know it was over the last week or so, but uh, Recently. that is a that game is something special. It's it's a great little platformer. You're right on that one. Uh, totally whiffed on that, James. I feel like you were into Penny Punching Princess. That doesn't I roll off the to tongue. Cover it. I, I wanted in on that game. It's 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 uh, uh, Nichi America and. They do amazing stuff pretty regularly, and I had a pretty good feeling about this one. Um, everything I've read about it suggests that it's a sort of like actiony capitalist extravaganza, which can be fun, you know. And uh, minute is kind of uh, it, we got a review on the site. Um, it's basically NES Zelda if you could only live a minute at a time. Yeah, it's 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 sixty second uh, attempts at like individual levels. It's pretty minimal. It's like full out black and white. But everything I've seen about it is people like anything I've seen in in you know from anybody who's played it is it's a lot better than you might give it credit for. So don't pass it over. It's actually mm-hmm. worth taking a look. And then coming out this week, uh, Owlboy is coming to consoles, which was already out on PC a year year and a half ago. Owlboy oh. is rad. It is really, really good. I'm trying so hard. I know that I can get it on a console today. Um, I'm not one. I have a PC that's capable. I'm just not one to sit in my office and play on my PC. I love sitting on my couch or in bed and being lazy when I play my games. I'm trying so hard not to buy it on Xbox One or uh, uh, my PS4 because I know Switch is coming and I. I hate port begging. <laughs> I hate those people who are like, when's it coming out on Switch? Shut up. <laughs> but I know this one's like, well, this one's actually Switch. coming. Yeah, no, this one is actually coming to Switch, and it's perfect for it, so I'm going to do my best to hold out. Owlboy is such a fucking rad-looking game. It is. Uh, yeah, it's tough to, to describe. I mean, if you look at it, it's just a 2D platformer. Uh, but it, it's got a lot going on. Well, worth taking a look. 
Um, equally well worth taking a look at if you're on the Xbox One and haven't played it before is Hellblade. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're saying, I mean, they're saying if they hit a certain number of sales, they haven't quite said what it is, but uh, uh, they're basically saying if they hit a certain amount of number of sales, they're going to make another donation. Um, they've already made significant donations based on the sales from the PS4 version for uh, various mental health charities. So I hope it does really well. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if only for that alone, but it's just such a good game. It dives into something that most that not many developers are willing to take on. And especially in such um, a stripped down and kind of blunt manner, they confront uh, people who are dealing, you know, they, they confront the idea of, 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 of somebody dealing with schizophrenia uh, in a very human way. Despite, you know, like the extravagance of, of it still being a game, you know what I mean? Based on a fantasy mm-hmm. situation. It's just so good. Yep. It's fucking awesome. It really is. A uh, couple other ones for this week. We got Double Kick Heroes, which, yeah. Sean, you're actually repping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's where we, we, we got to give the full disclosure for this one, because this is a game that uh, not only uh, am I repping, it's literally like the first one since I've jumped over to the world of PR that was dropped in my lap and my lap exclusively. Uh, It's done by a developer called Headbang Club. They're based out of France. And it's just, it's really cool. It's like this sort of, I call it like a genre-bending game because it's rhythm-based, but it's also, it's kind of like crossed with a shooter. Um, It's post-apocalypse and there's basically this heavy metal band trying to make their way through this wasteland. And uh, as they're driving down the highway, they're playing, you know, basically like their entire band is on the back of this Cadillac. It's just, well, we got sirens. We've got, yes, yes. That's on my end. I apologize. Burned a house down earlier. They're just getting here. That's what you get for living in the ghetto, son. Yes. (laughs) No, but it's, 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 it's a really cool game. And one thing that I've been really happy about, I mean, I know it's inevitable that I might represent something that uh, I have to kind of grit my teeth and maybe pretend like it's good. Um, But this is a game that I actually truly enjoyed. And I love seeing the response from all the influencers and media. And now because it released literally today, today being the 11th that we recorded, um, uh, just the response from players who are it's it's overwhelming that people are liking what they're what what this game is so uh if you haven't heard of it or you know you know you want to think about checking it out double kick heroes it's dirt cheap and it's a lot of fun so you know awesome yeah Yeah. mario had a look at it for cog and yeah he really liked it articles on the site i will uh, link that one as well in the description of this cast slash video slash wherever you're watching or listening to this and finally uh from iron galaxy extinction Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) james you reviewed it didn't you i did this i i know that at some point we're gonna cross swords here in that (laughs) oh god (laughs) Giggle, 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 we're all a bunch of boys. But, and eventually, a game that I'm representing uh, is going to be spoken about, whether it be on the cast or something, and I'm going to have to respectfully bow out. Uh, this is a co-worker of mine that's res- that's, that is that um, is representing this game. 
And for that reason alone, I will stand. I'm going to stand down. But I really want to hear what you have to say about this one. <laughs> um, I really like the premise, and I think the concept is really fascinating. Although some could interpret it as a sort of ripoff of the Attack on Titan series, it is distinct enough that you don't really invite those sort of comparisons while playing. However, it it does feel like kind of a stripped-down version of itself. Like, what we mm-hmm. get as the final product is maybe... It, it feels incomplete, which is strange to me because it's being pushed and marketed and branded and, and, and released like a big, full-spectrum AAA kind of game, but it's just not... How would you feel about it if it was released at, say, 30 bucks? I mean, I don't know that that would especially change my opinion particularly. The, the price confuses me, but it doesn't particularly influence my final judgment. Yeah, that's um, fair. I mean, let's, like, put it, let's put it this way. I mean, I grabbed a code for it and I booted it up and I didn't last long. And I, and I hate to say it, I just, it just wasn't for, it's not for me. And I saw a lot of the flaws that people are speaking about uh, really early in. And I kind of cut loose because I didn't have to play it. You know what I mean? Obviously, you as being the reviewer, you're like, I'm in it for the long haul. But I cut yeah. loose real fast, real yeah. fast. James, you were pretty, you were pretty fair with it. A lot of people were far less kind. Let's put it yeah, that way. I was going to say, like, you actually... I mean, not that it was a good score, but you came out on top in comparison to a lot of other reviewers. They they kind of ripped it a new one. Well, I understand what they were getting at, and the things that they did well, they did do really well. It's just that the problems kind of tainted the experience to the point where I was constantly feeling this weird mix of elation and, like, pure blind rage. Sometimes one might right after the other, sometimes both at the same time. And it just made it really difficult to say whether or not I 100% enjoyed it. But there was just too much of that, like, too strong of an undercurrent of frustration uh, 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 sort of bringing down whatever uh, joyous uh, moments that would come up whenever you, like, for example, take down one of these enormous ogres. It tended to be sort of a, like, trying, uh, a exhausting experience from time to time that sort of undercut its own value so mm. to speak yeah that's too bad i mean it's funny like when they initially announced it it looked cool and then i saw it at e3 last year and i went oh gosh they got a long way to go and then when i got my hands on it recently i looked at it almost from the same set of glasses where i went uh, they got a long way to go but that was the final product so i mean it, it's it's too bad um i mean I think they might have seen some for more forgiving media if they had have priced it appropriately. I, I don't agree that this is what's is priced at a full triple A type model. Like just it's just not the place for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see a lot of games that necess- they, they don't stack up in terms of quality and they go, hey, we get that we're not that, but we're going to give it to you for $20 and people are just a little more forgiving because they realize the dollar value 
on what they just spent. And they're like, you guys actually did really well for what I spent. Well, that's and... a whole, that's like a whole genre that used to be really big. Um, you know, back in the uh, like original Xbox PS2 era, um, you know, games that were kind of B tier, but were value priced and they were still pretty good. People really like those games. Games like um, uh, Blood Rain, for example, is one that, that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind yeah. of disappeared as it as the market widens out to the super triple A zillion dollar budget and the tiny indie budgets. Well, I think I think consumers are more savvy now than ever, especially considering we're in a market where uh, on any given month you can have two or three hundred games being released, especially when you add in the PC market, right? Uh, console is obviously a lot more streamlined, but when you add in the PC market, there's so many people developing right now, right? And if you're honest about your standing or your stature, you know, where your game lies in the hierarchy, people are going to respect that. I mean, granted, like you get these games that are $10, for example, and they blow your mind and you go, I would have paid 30 for this. I mean, that's rare, but it does happen. You know what I mean? It's just the bottom line is people are very aware of what they would expect for their dollar. And I don't think what was delivered from Iron Galaxy and Maximum here is worth 60, uh, what is it, 80 in Canada. Like, could you imagine paying $80 for that, James? No, 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 under no circumstances would I pay that much money for that game. (laughs) God, I hope my boss doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm so fucking fired. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears from that sad, sad talk, and yes, uh, yes let's do that. And, and let's fire me. He loves me. Let's move into the perfect list. <gasps> the perfect list. Perfect list. Okay. Uh, all right, hit me, James. You're about to uh, descend into a hellish nightmare. Um, hey, the lights hey, of which hey. you've never seen. Before we get started, before we get started, okay. can I just? Um, can we just say as what we'll call um, a rookie hazing? Um, I, I buckle under the pressure sometimes. So I say as a rookie hazing, the James does the four pick. All right. James goes first. Mm. I'm into that. Take that, bitch. So this week, what we're going to do, we're going okay. to cover the 10 best or 10 perfect, you might say. 10 perfect intro sequences. All right. Intro sequences. So, so this we... is, I'm not going to limit this too much. This is any, uh, anything that would occur in what you'd consider the prologue of the game. Okay. So, so we're not limited to, uh, uh, like intro trailer type stuff. Like before the, the player takes control, like are we allowed into where the player takes control, but it's still, the early point of the game where there's still some things that happen. Yeah. Uh, if you were going with a traditional, uh, like a traditional movie would be anything that would happen before the main title shows. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Lots of this options. Is, this there. is where I look forward to muting my mic. So you don't hear me frantically like Google, Google help me now. Hi James. Take it away. Pick number one. Perfect. Nope. No pressure. Pick number one. Perfect. Uh, I would definitely have to say, um, 
make it make a count, but just don't just don't make it be the one that I want to that I want to pick. Well, honestly, I'd have to say that like the Last of Us is absolutely up there. I don't know if it's in any particular order. However, that's that's on the list for sure, for absolutely sure. That like that was a real game changer. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us, like. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, it, that's a really good example of the idea of like, is it that opening cinematic or just your opening situation? Because you're navigating Joel as he's like carrying his daughter, trying to frantically escape the chaos that's going on. And when I fucking like, I don't give a shit at this point. I mean, this game's been out long enough that I like if I'm spoiling this for you, just too fucking bad. When his daughter is dying in his arms, I'm cry- I was literally legitimately crying. Like it yeah. hit me like a punch in the gut and I was not I the funny thing as I'm running, I knew the whole time I'm carrying her and I'm like she's going to die. Oh my god, they're they're really fucking doing this. And when they did, it didn't lessen the impact. It sucked, man. Well, it sets the tone so well for the rest of that series and how the world is and, you know, uh, sets up why Joel is the way he is. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's, well, that's uh, and that's just it. it really, one of us was going to pick that for sure. Yeah, it, it literally it really sets up why Joel makes the decisions that he makes, even though they might not be what, you know, quote unquote, the popular decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Sean, you're up. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Is it my oh, turn? Oh yeah, we're going to you. Oh Jesus. Um. Okay, if I'm trying to, if I'm pondering, uh, like full intros, uh, one of the ones that like kind of sticks with me is Witcher Two: Assassin of Kings because it just like, I mean, it's just beautiful from start to finish, man. Like you got like these dudes fighting on a pirate ship and like. It's very like they it's such an effective use of these like crazy slow-mos and shit like that. But mm-hmm. like the 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 dude who is the actual assassin. So you've got like these two big burly motherfuckers having it out like pirates on a ship, throwing fists, and the the assassin dude, I remember he throws like a a, a vial or some shit, and it turns everybody to ice, but you see it like it goes into slow-mo as this vial is floating over the two fighters heads and it's right when fist makes impact and you see like it's like a slow-mo boxing match where you see like the guy's face distort but then like it just it gets so crazy from there there was that one bit where they're all frozen in, in place and there's like that bit where there's like a jester kicking some dude frozen dude in the ass <laughs> it's yeah it's that, funny you're right that is like, a pretty rad opening it's funny, I don't think that's representative of the game necessarily, but in terms of how to open it up and have everybody's jaw drop, it was so good. Yeah, I think people have forgotten about The Witcher 2 since The Witcher 3 was so fantastic, but Witcher 2 is a, it's a quality title. Oh, of course it is, but I mean, we're talking intro sequences here. Yeah. I'm going to do my inner... Is not um, representative. <laughs> my, my inner, uh, was it Alan Iverson? Do you guys remember the Alan Iverson... Um, uh, practice talk. Do either one of you remember this? Mm-hmm. We talking about practice, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Is it yep. just me? Yeah. No, nope, I remember. We you. talking about intro sequences. All right. All right. Intro sequences. All right. Uh, I'm gonna pick one that I think is is literally the best intro sequence ever. Uh, so you might oh. say it's perfect. Uh, and that's Mass Effect Two. 
Maichu. Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2. And and the reason for that is you've finished Mass Effect 1, you saved or you killed the council. Commander Shepard is is an absolute unmitigated badass. Um so you start Mass Effect 2, you're like, yeah, badassery all over the galaxy. We're gonna we're gonna wreck shop like nobody's business. That's a long one too, isn't it? Like I remember that one. It and is. It was it's like, pretty long, and it's like and it's like Reapers destroy the Normandy so? and kill Commander Shepard. Yeah, that I remember that one. I mean, I'm trying, I, I don't remember the value, details. It's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. Even now, it holds up really, really well with the pacing. Well, I think that whole series still holds up very, very well, apart mm-hmm. from Andromeda. I mean. I think Andromeda probably would have been received a little bit better if there wasn't a certain expectation to it. But, uh, but yeah, no, Mass Effect holds up pretty much start to finish. Mm-hmm. All right, James. Uh, I think for my second pick, I'm going to go for something somewhat uh, unconventional, if that's okay. Maybe uh, unexpected. We like uh, We like stuff out of left field. Hit us. Okay, I think Mega Man X has a really fantastic intro sequence because it nice. teaches you how to play the game without a like barrage of like tutorial boxes and hand holding. Instead, the like layout of the level and the design of the enemies works to uh, inform you of how the game's mechanics works, especially because there's new mechanics that have not been seen before in any of like the previous like six Mega Man games. I really like that you picked something like way far out of left field. I appreciate that. There's certain games that are like, you know, like there's just an expectation where you go, yeah, they're going to talk about that. Because there's just games, they're, they're, but it is, it's true. Like there's just some games that are so good that you go, yep, yep, no, that's one they're going to talk about. You know what I mean? And I would not have expected that, but I completely respect uh, why you would choose that. Well, none of us could have possibly guessed that you would pick Mega Man X. And that <laughs> no. makes it a perfect pick. Perfect. <laughs> hey, um, before we get too much further here, um, and I mean this in the friendliest way possible, at some point, can we fuck with Alex Thomas a little bit more? Yes. Uh, yes. Episode, episode 12, by the way, we had 66 uses of the word perfect. Perfect. We said perfect 66 times? It was a perfect number of perfect. said the word perfect. perfect. 66 times perfect. Perfect. Perfect, perfect was the word. Perfect, okay. perfect was the, the word, word that perfect. we used. And, uh, no I more. Perfect, but this perfect. No less than, than 66 perfect times. Right? <sighs> yes. All right. <laughs> Distributed okay. in a perfect manner, I would say. <laughs> perfect. All right. Uh, Sean, why don't you give us your next perfect pick? <laughs> This has got to be an ongoing joke because Alex Thomas is just the only guy who could do this job. <laughs> <laughs> He's perfect for this job, we might say. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. Zing! Just perfect. Um, <laughs> so this has been a stall tactic. Um, I don't think I'm picking anything too far out of left field here, but I do feel like it needs to be mentioned Despite the number of times we've probably talked about this game, uh, the intro to Bioshock mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's just, it. I mean, there there is that. Okay, so so you start uh, from the plane and you land in the water, 
Uh, and that's impactful enough as you're swimming towards this kind of lighthouse out in the middle of the ocean. Um, but you take control of your character as you go down to um, uh, the elevator or, or the, the, the sub or whatever that takes you down uh, into Rapture. But you listen to Andrew Ryan as you're viewing this this crazy world that exists underwater and they throw in like whales like I mean very environmentally aware um uh, and then when it opens up you open up into this world and so those first few few moments where uh you're actually uh feeling I would say like a sense of danger like Mm -hmm. where you wander out of like the safe place I would include this in I would say like the intro sequence when you've got uh uh that the one character that's like on the walls the female uh telling you like talking to you and stuff like that it's just this overwhelming sense of dread and of fear but then in the same respect this awe of this world that's been thrown before you that uh, i mean i don't know if anybody uh up until this game was released had seen a world uh that existed quite like bioshock and they led you into it with absolute perfection i mean you were full out jaw dropped by time that door opened and they're like okay you're on your own and you're like fuck i don't know if i want to you know what i mean like they they managed to make you scared before you had a chance to even do anything yeah it was a a truly horrifying environment um because it was so it was so unique at the time you really didn't know what to expect and that's the cool thing is if you avoided the you know the trailers and stuff leading up to it it was it was uh very spooky and that's the cool thing about it though is that you know you you point out the spookiness of it and it's not really a horror game like like that's not its nature but i mean Mm -hmm. when you go further into the game like with the doctor uh like which is one of the first sort of like real mega uh uh, scenes that you kind of come across and you know you're trying to get yourself out of this doctor's office and you're seeing these shadows on the wall the way uh, the cinematography, in a sense, that they used in this game was so effective where you would turn a corner and you're literally looking for a shadow to move and you're scared shitless, but it's not a horror game. Like, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that haven't played Bioshock at this point, but I mean, if you haven't, pick up the collection and play it for fuck's sake. It's just so good. Absolutely. It's God, just so what good. What have you done with your life? Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to make my next pick, and I'm going to go back in time, just like James did. And uh, I'm going to pick Super Metroid. Yes. Yes. I agree with this choice. I love that opening. Uh, it It's so mysterious, especially for a game that's, you know, over 20 years old now. Um, it's, yeah, the mystery of the space station and the whole escape sequence is just fan-frickin-tastic. Um yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about Super Metroid generally, but the intro really hooks you. Even as me being uh, less than ten years old when it came out, I was like, "Wow, what is this?" <laughs> oh my god, I'm so old. I, I gotta <laughs> say, you were like fifty-eight when Super Metroid came out, right? Fucking sit on it, dude. Fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only actually really properly played through start to finish super metroid when i was like 26 27 and uh it absolutely holds up oh yeah i mean i there there's a reason i mean 
we had the original Metroids on on uh, on the NES or whatever, but there's a reason that Super Metroid is basically a catalyst for, I mean, basically half of Metroidvania. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. There, a there, there's a dynamic that that uh, game set up that other games tried to emulate. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, you don't get that without... I mean, you don't get that type of 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 uh, title, you know what I mean, unless you stack up, right? There's nobody going, you know. I mean, Christ, it's it's a goddamn sin to compare anything to Dark Souls. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> like it's a genre. You know what I mean? But people very willingly accept. Oh, Metroidvania. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's a style of gameplay that they they were the pioneers of, and mm-hmm. that game is fucking amazing. All right, James, choice number three for you. Make it perfect. Make it count. Well, uh, I think... I think I think Final Fantasy VII is an excellent pick for next oh, on the list. Oh, you dick. Oh, was, that, was, that, was that dismay? Or, or, oh, or, or, you or, dick! I'm googling. Oh, I'm God, googling. I'm so sorry, Sean. I'm googling. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stoop to Trevor's level, but that's what I. That's what I had in my head. <laughs> the only you have to pick four, and I only have to pick three. So I'm gonna give you this. So please explain. Okay. Well, in I don't care about your answer. You're an asshole. <laughs> okay. 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 Duly noted. That's beer number noted. four, folks. <laughs> Uh, I just think in the context of the series and the time frame when it was released, that first sequence needed to absolutely blow people out of the water because it was venturing into new territory in so many ways, both the way the story was being told and what the story was. And Squaresoft at the time absolutely fucking nailed it. They did. How about the music in that sequence? Yeah, well, they, it, it was like a combination in that where, where like, it was ahead of its time. I mean, people might look at that opening uh, uh, sequence now and go like, oh, it's dated. And well, yeah, obviously it is. But for its time, it was ahead of its time. You know what I mean? And it's just like they established that world really, really well. Like, especially the way um, um, when she kind of steps out of uh, in like the opening when she steps out of, of uh, uh, her her abode or her home or whatever, and then they start to pan out, and you see this world that this game is involved in, and you go, "Holy shit!" Like it sets up the scope for the game very, very well. That occurs yeah. just before the title card, so I will let yeah. uh, that part of it slide. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? I mean, that's like an hour into the game, but you know, it is before the title card, so you know. Well, yeah, it does. Like, come on. Yeah, I just got to give you a little bit of a rough time, buddy. Well, if he, I mean, Trevor's not here, so if not Trevor, you. Yeah, I mean, I James hasn't earned that right yet. Maybe next episode. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right, Sean, scramble. What's your pick if it's not <laughs> Final Fantasy VII? I'm not scrambling. Um, I actually, I have more than one choice in my head. And... Um, I actually have three choices in my head, and I need to choose one of them. Um, I have a few games that kind of like, I don't know, their intros are really cool, but I don't know if they kind of stand the test of time for me. 
um, mostly because the games weren't necessarily, uh, I would say, uh, universally uh, acclaimed. The intros, if you haven't seen them, and I'm just going to throw you uh, that, their direction, um, Sunset Over- Overdrive and Brutal Legend are both really cool games that kind of flew under the radar, especially Sunset Overdrive. Uh, Insomniac did that one. Uh, really cool games that are worth looking at, and if that opening cinematic doesn't draw you in, it like I don't know, it probably should. But what sticks with me, these these are my seconds. These are like my 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 distance my distant seconds. But a game uh, that their intro pretty much nailed it for me was Borderlands. Um, you're being introduced to the characters, and um, it's Cage the Elephant. Uh, 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 what's, what's the song? Fuck. Um, uh, I think it's No Rest for the Wicked. I, I don't know if I got the name of the, of, of the song right. But you're being yeah, introduced to the characters, and this bus is, like, barreling through Pandora, just running over anything that's in its way. Uh, basically, between the, the music and the visuals, um, that cell shading that we hadn't seen a lot of at the time... It just set that game up so well to the point that when you actually took control of your character, you were like, fuck yes, bring it on. It's it's <laughs> so good. I can't disagree with that. Be, um, partially because Borderlands was the pinnacle of the Borderlands series. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's funny. You know how we touched on earlier about like, oh, the best in the series, the best in the series. Nothing's topped the original Borderlands for me yet. Hell no, not even close. Well, they've had some interesting characters along the way. I'd say Borderlands 2 uh, over... Uh, I can't remember what they called the third one. They they had... The sequel The pre-sequel, yeah. The pre-sequel didn't stack up for me. 2 um, was still... Like, especially when you if you got into the DLC, some of the characters that they had in the DLC were really good. Like, genuinely inventive and really, really fun. But I think that initial, like... Because we we're, we're seeing that attitude that the Borderlands franchise brings for the very first time, uh, Borderlands was fucking amazing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like they tried to emulate it with two, uh, but they captured it so well with one that it was hard to beat. Looking forward to Borderlands three, which I assume is coming soon, because um, Gearbox has been pretty quiet. So, I'm gonna give my final pick here. Um, I'm gonna go with Batman Arkham Asylum. I agree with this choice. Because one, Arkham Asylum is the best of those Rocksteady games. And two, uh, right off the bat, you're they're wheeling the Joker away. He's yeah. been captured. And you're like, something is horribly, horribly amiss here. What is it? How's he gonna get away? What's gonna happen? And how the intro goes down is uh, it's just is that one does that one not pan out to uh, uh, I'm trying to remember because I don't remember that one very well I remember loving the game but um, in the intro does it not pan out at some point where like when he's being wheeled through uh, to a TV screen uh, where Harley is watching or is that like or no uh, I don't remember that Harley's not captured yeah no so yeah. I I don't. I, I don't remember exactly, but something. To, I just. I just remember this part where, like, yeah, like the Joker's being wheeled through, and then it pans out, but it doesn't give like a full reveal. But you can see mm-hmm. like a glove or a foot or something, and you're like, "That's Harley." But 
Yeah, yeah the part I don't, that just I, really I don't, sticks for me is Bats and, and Gordon looking at the Joker and both looking extremely unsettled, even though their greatest foe has been captured. Uh, that's what I does think, it for I, me. And I think a lot of the, the, the magic in that is the fact that Mark Hamill is the perfect Joker. Like, there's been numerous people who have done it, but he's just so fucking good yeah. that you yeah. like, like... <laughs> He is joking to me. Like, oh, he is, and I and that, yeah, I, like I've heard other people do Joker. Like, he's not. He didn't do the uh, Joker in uh, uh, the animated, uh, the Killing Joke, for example. You know what I mean? And it's just like the guy who did it was good, but he just wasn't right for me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Who I can't remember who voices Joker in the Rocksteady games, or sorry, not Joker, uh, Batman in the Rocksteady games. Uh, Kevin Conroy. Yep. Is That's it Conroy one. that does it? It's, there was only one of the games. It was the uh, Arkham. It was the, like there was like one of the prequel games. The Origins it wasn't one. Those guys. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's like, right. And and then Con, but Conroy also does the animate a lot of the animated series stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right because I remember watching. I watched something where Kevin Conroy wasn't the guy doing Batman, and I went like, "Who's this guy? And why is he talking?" <laughs> Because you just have an expectation of what Batman sounds like, and that wasn't it, you know. And it's like trying to watch fucking Batfleck. Like fuck Batfleck. I have a fuck vision of you guy. sitting in a chair, staring at a screen, yelling, "That's not Batman." <laughs> I I can't deny that this is actually pretty on point. <laughs> How well do I know you? <laughs> yeah, apparently better than I would like you to, because we watched Justice League for the first time like maybe three weeks ago my wife and i and i'm like i just can't get behind bat flag like fuck this guy like i can't i can't buy into him as a character i don't his version of batman makes me want to fucking throw up i hate him i fucking hate him anyway that's not video games that's just me being angry yeah that's (laughs) and like you guys at the same time remember you guys remember the uh deep thoughts by jack handy on, on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Strong opinions with Sean Petrasjak. I'll take it. Like, we can make that a fucking... We can make that a weekly thing. I'm cool with that. Strong opinions. <laughs> Sounds like a bit. <laughs> Might be. We've been looking for our hook, Paul. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Strong uh... opinions with Sean Petrasjak. <laughs> <laughs> I like Contest this way more than I should. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the contest we run will be how many weeks does it last before Sean either gets fired or told to stop it by the boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very fair question to ask. I'm not sure if my boss listens to the podcast. I might not want him to, but if he did, that's definitely on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, JP, give us the final perfect pick or perfect intro sequences. No pressure, no pressure. Perfect intro sequence. No pressure, he says, while knowing that much pressure is actually present. Uh, You know, I think... (sighs) I think I should go... Hit me me with something good. Something good, he says. Forget good. We want perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I could settle for something good, although... (laughs) Just because it's been on my mind constantly since it's been released a year ago, um, I want to say Breath of the Wild, but 
in actuality, the intro sequence is so so long that it's hard to qualify it. But mm. like, because it's like I think it, if you pace it out right, it's probably about an hour, which is crazy for an intro sequence. I would ve- I would I would almost say too long. I mean, yeah, notwithstanding the quality of the game, but uh, uh, to ease you in, probably too long. Yeah, and. But like, on the other hand, you could also say that the intro sequence could just be like that first five minutes where you're in the cave, you get a little bit of background, and then you walk out of the cave and into the world. You could you could almost compact the intro sequence to that one moment where you're like, you see the whole the whole map, so to speak, spread out before you, mm. and the, the music swells up just perfectly. Mm. If we're considering that the intro sequence, that's absolutely my pick. But if we're considering the whole first island, then, uh, you know? This is, this is your call and your perfect pick. Hmm. Well. We have the right to disagree with you, but we tend to be pretty friendly around here. I mean, unless we're talking Guitar Hero. <laughs> you don't want to open that can of worms, buddy. We're already <laughs> sure ordering don't. on two I hours. Sure so, <laughs> given the set of ground rules it just laid down, I'm gonna say absolutely Breath of the Wild, just for that, just for the intro shot, so to speak, of you exiting the cave. I think that's a fair pick. I would not, I, honestly, I probably uh, there might be a few games that I would say that I want to give honorable mentions to, but I wouldn't disagree with that pick. I agree with you, James. Um, yeah, that specific moment I thought was incredible, especially the first time I played it my opinions of the game fell slightly after that um it, it's still obviously fantastic but uh that single moment was a perfect intro sequence agreed can we do our 30 seconds of perfects now or like just to fuck with alex we kind of already did it but let's go perfect, well, perfect, we, perfect do we perfect. already perfectly perfect, perfect, perfect talk about perfect, how perfect, perfect. The Perfect, perfect list perfect. and perfectly expecting perfect 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 perfect, perfect, perfect. Alex to perfectly pick what's perfect, perfect, perfect about the perfect, perfect list perfect, perfect, and perfect. I want him to make sure that he uh there's a discrepancy between perfectly and perfection and the word perfect. Do we want to oh, count oh, of mean, all so those instead things? Instead of perfectly or 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 perfection or 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 like some made up word like perfectness. Um it has to be or, perfect. It has to be perfect. It perfectly be... has to be the word perfect, not perfection, not not like not perfect even. You know? No, no, it not perfecto, perfecto. No, it has to be perfect, like perfect. ending in the t. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Mundo nailed it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't no. count though, because it has to be perfect. As you know, I think it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think it was perfect. Too. Oh my god, I can't wait to listen to him in Slack where he's like, "You fuck sticks." <laughs> <laughs> on that note we are gonna get out of here we're gonna get out of your hair for another week if you liked what you heard share it with everybody you know get on our facebook group uh we don't share your data with anybody um yeah <laughs> that's all that i'm gonna the say most about appropriate that. thing or like the most timely thing that we could possibly say is we don't share your data with anybody yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're still on facebook for that matter yep. But yeah, well, if press you X to it, podcast Facebook. Up. Join yeah. us. Yeah, not, not, Join us not, there. Not data, not data sellers. 
We had yeah. a new, we, we, I'm going to throw him out this mention because I noticed him today. Uh, but we had a new guy, all, Mr. Oliver Ward, who says he's been listening since the beginning. So thank you, Oliver. And we're glad you're here. Yeah, next week we'll get back into uh, fielding some more questions from the community on the Facebook group. Uh, I just kind of ran out of time this week because, I don't know, Sean well, we got- had four beers. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Joke's on you. I had five beers. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on all of us here at Press X, the podcast, uh, where it's Friday the 13th. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you back here next week. Peace out, everybody. Adios. Adios. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.